Hey guys, Ashley with Amari. So a few resources for you guys. We are located in Elizabeth and Highland Park, New Jersey, and I also offer virtual consults. So if you guys need my help, give the office a call, 732-841-0142, and our scheduling coordinator can help you get set up with an appointment. We also have our online shop. So all the products that I talk about in my videos, those are all in our online shop for you guys to purchase. On our Instagram, Amari Healing Arts is our Instagram, all the products are linked right there in our bio. Also, the online shop is linked, and it's linked in the description box for each video. So you guys can go and check those out. And then we have our online course school, the Post-Op Academy. So all of the things that you would need to know post-op, we are doing online courses for. So things like what kind of massages you need, when you need to get them, who to get them from, how to find a therapist like me, all of that we have online courses for. There are going to be more courses coming out all the time. So check in on that to see what's new and what you guys can learn. If you like my videos, all of those courses are exclusive content. All those videos are exclusive content. None of them are on YouTube. They're all in our courses. So that is amarihealingarts.teachable.com. The link for that is also in the description box, and it is also linked in our bio on Instagram. So I hope you guys enjoy the content. Ashley with Amare. I will see you soon. Bye. Hey, guys. It's Ashley with Amare. Hi. So today we're talking about is it safe to get surgery overseas? So like Colombia, DR, Mexico, Turkey, um, anywhere outside of the United States, right? Even, honestly, I'd even say Mexico. Um, I have a lot of people that go to Mexico and Florida because it's cheaper, right? So first thing I want to say, and I say this all the time, we need to stop labeling things as good and bad. Plastic surgery is plastic surgery. The choices you make may be good for one person, may be bad for another person, right? But overall, generally, is it safe? Should we be going there? Yes, the prices are cheaper. Yes, they can do more, but necessarily doing more does not mean that it's better. Like doing more surgery, taking out more liters of lipo, you know, the crazy things that they can do out there. So I have an article here from PlasticSurgery.org, you know, one of my favorite places, um, and it is called Briefing Paper, Cosmetic Surgery Tourism. So for those of you who don't know, it's called Medical Tourism or Plastic Surgery Tourism, where you're getting your surgery done um, abroad. So anywhere that is outside of the United States or you're traveling, like, outside of the country to go do. So a couple things in this article, obviously it talks about, like, what is you know, medical surgery abroad, all that stuff. Because um, it is very common and it's very popular and they do use different techniques, but they also don't really have the same systems of care that we do, like medical care. So it can kind of be a little risky depending on what we're doing, right? All right, so let's get into this article. Cosmetic surgery is real is one of the first things that it says. At the highest level of care, even surgery, including cosmetic surgery, has some risks. These risks may increase when procedures are performed during cosmetic surgery vacations. Now, I also know people who will get medically necessary, like tummy tucks, hernia repairs, ab abdominoplasties, you know, full-blown full skin removals overseas. That is something that is medically necessary. Not always cosmetic. Um, it's not very frequent that I see that, but I do see that. So cosmetic is just to change the appearance. Medically necessary is like a diastasis where the abs separate or hernia repair or um, putting in mesh or something like that. And then also doing skin removal. 
um, or having breast implants put in because we had cancer taken out, something like that. Those are medically necessary versus cosmetic. So the risks may increase when procedures are performed during cosmetic surgery vacations. Infections are most common complications seen in patients that go abroad for cosmetic surgery. Other complications include unsightly scars, hematomas, and unsatisfactory results. So Let's talk about infections, right? Medication here in the United States is different than overseas. I cannot tell you how many people come back from Colombia or DR with antibiotics or like any kind of medication that is not in English. It was not explained to them as far as what the medication would do or how long they had to take it um, because everything's in a different language. So if you speak Spanish, that's one thing. If you don't, that's another. So being informed about your medications is the first thing, right, of what we're actually taking to prevent said infections. Um, also, their level of care is different in different countries. So those complications, those hematomas, how do they handle those? That's what you want to look at. So travel combined with surgery significantly increases risk of complications. Individually, long flights or a, sur long flights or a surgery can increase the potential risk for developing pulmonary embolisms and blood clots, which we hear a lot about, right? A lot of deaths in plastic surgery are due to blood clots or PEs. Traveling combined with surgery further increases the risk of developing these potential fatal complications in addition to swelling and infections. Before flying, American Society of Plastic Surgeons suggests waiting five to seven days after body procedures such as liposuctions and breast augmentations and seven to ten days after cosmetic procedures of the face, including facelifts, eyelids, nose jobs, laser treatment. So here's the thing. If we are going to travel, I want you guys to stay there for two weeks. Because yes, you can after seven to 10 days come home, but that homeostasis phase of wound healing where you're bleeding and clotting, we want to make sure you're past that phase so that everything is a little more healed before we get on the plane, right? Swelling, whether you are traveling at four weeks or two weeks or eight weeks, if you have swelling present, you're going to blow up on the plane. So that's going to happen regardless. It's going to be more likely to happen and be a problem if you are too soon out after surgery. So I always say, if you are traveling abroad um, for surgery, stay there for two weeks because we want to make sure all that bleeding is done. We want to get that swelling down a little bit just so that you can get on the plane and come home and not have anything crazy happen. So that's their recommendations. Follow-up care and monitoring may be limited. This is a huge problem. But before I read this paragraph, let me put in a caveat. There are places like Mia Aesthetics in Florida. There are places like Mia Aesthetics in New York. There are places like Sonabello, which is, you know, and Elite, which are huge, you know, franchise plastic surgery offices. Their follow-up is also limited, guys. It's not just, we, Miami is known for one and done. Miami is known for you get your surgery, you see, you meet the surgeon the day before, you see him the day of surgery, and then poof, like a, like a figment of your imagination. It never happened. You never see the surgeon again. Um, and then even trying to get a hold of the office or patient care coordinators or getting your medical records is a fight. It's a WhatsApp fight. It's a Instagram DM fight. It's a you call the office and nobody answers ever fight. So this isn't just abroad just so we're aware. This happens here in the U.S. as well with plastic surgery, but it is more common abroad to not have follow-ups, to not be monitored. This is why I say stay there for two weeks, make sure you're okay, and then come home. But also, if you are 
going to have surgery somewhere else outside of the country, please make sure your GP or PCP, your primary care physician or general practitioner, general physician, your primary doctor is aware that you are getting surgery overseas. Go see them. Make sure that they know what you're about to do to your body so that if you do have an infection or some complication or something like that, you can come back to them. Now, I will say that your general physician, right, your regular doctor who you see normally, um, they will not pull your drains out if you have drains. If you go to the ER, the ER will say, we're not touching it, even if you're coming from overseas, even if you're coming from Miami. A lot of times they won't touch it. They'll wait to have a plastic surgeon or have the plastic surgeon on staff in the ER do your drains, or they'll refer you to a plastic surgeon. So you're still going to have to find someone here to do that. I have so many, I have so many videos on this, and I'm going to say it again. Please, for the love of everything that is holy in this post-op universe stop asking your mld therapist or any massage therapist to pull your drains that is illegal i have multiple videos on that massage therapists are not legally allowed to pull drains nurses doctors people with medical credentials can take your drains out you should not be taking your drains out at home. This is also why I say two weeks because drains are typically in seven to 10 days. So by day 14, those drains come out and then you get on the plane. Getting on a plane with drains, a little sketch um, for me in the medical eyes of things, right? But please stop asking your post-op care people to pull your drains out. It is illegal. We are going to tell you no. And the people who do tell you yes are practicing illegally outside of their license, outside of their scope of practice. No therapist should be pulling drains handling bodily fluids anything like that like at all ever okay and statement so follow-up care and monitoring may be limited follow-up care and monitoring is important is an important part of any surgery cosmetic surgery vacation packages provide limited follow-up care if any once the patient returns to the united states patients who have traveled outside of the u.s for cosmetic surgery and experience and experience a complication may find it hard to locate qualified plastic surgeons to treat the problem or to provide revision surgeries. Local doctors may not know what surgical techniques the physicians used in the initial operation, making treatment difficult or nearly impossible. Revision surgeries can be more complicated than the initial operation and patients rarely get the desired results. So just as I was saying, guys, it's super, they can only do so much over there. Um, and then when you get back here, they can't really do much. So make sure you have somebody before you go, there's aware that you're getting the surgery if you need help and have complications and things like that. Um, also, please be aware that while you're there, the care is also going to be limited. They do not have the same medical things that we have here in the United States. And there is the whole squeeze massage situation where everyone comes at my throat saying, oh, well, you know, oh, in Colombia, well, they know what they're doing better with surgery than we do. Who are you to say incisional drainage doesn't work? Okay, it's not about if it works or not. It is dangerous to your health. You will become anemic. You can catch an infection. It absolutely causes fibrosis. Incisional drainage is a no. Having a therapist pull your drains is a no. So when you get back here from out there, when you are getting incisional drainage, having blood squeezed out of you every day, or having wooden rollers raked through your body, Please do not ask us to do that when you come home because we will not do that. Any person that is practicing legally 
and operating within their scope of practice under their massage therapy license, doing post-op care, will know that that is illegal and tell you no. Yes, you can always find some, you know, back shop post-op somewhere that's going to do that for you, but it is dangerous and it is not legal, just so we're very clear. So as far as the level of care out there, it may be different. Just be aware of that. Know that if you're going, and I'm going to talk about how to safely at the end of this video, how to safely get surgery in another country because it's not a bad thing. You just have to do it safely. So we're going to we're gonna go into that at the end. But again, as this said, finding a plastic surgeon that will be able to help you may be hard. All of these things, right? Okay. Bargain surgery can be costly. Patients can incur additional costs for revision surgeries and complications that may total more than the cost of the initial operation if originally performed in the United States. Let's talk about pricing, right? So we go over there because it's cheaper. The initial surgery is cheaper. Let's say you get quoted from Sonabello, basic, basic lipo, lipo 360 from Sonabello. You get a quote and it's 10 grand and that includes anesthesia, the operating costs, the surgery. You get one of their Morena garments, which isn't even a real garment. I have a whole video on Sonabello. I have several actually. Um, but let's say the whole surgery, right? Garment, anesthesia fees, surgery itself is 10 grand. All right. They can do it in Colombia for five and they can take out more liters of lipo. Okay. But you're now paying for the surgery, the plane ticket, the hotel or wherever you're staying. If you're if you're doing it right, if you are doing it safely, the hotel, the surgery, the plane ticket, a car for transportation. Right. Let's say you have somebody going with you like a spouse or someone, a car for transportation, and then food, and then the plane ticket home. And that's not including your massages or any other post-op stuff, right? So let's say when you're out there, you get into a faja, which just means girdle, right? So it's not necessarily a medical grade compression garment, it's just a faja. You get in one of those, you get your supplies out there, whatever. But the level of care is questionable, the surgery regulations are questionable, but you're going to go do it. Okay. If you tally all of that up, and then let's say when you get home, you have to get actual massages, right? Still, that's a separate fee. But what if you do have a complication? What if you do have a seroma? What if you do need your drains taken out? You're going to have to pay hospital costs. You're going to have to pay surgeon costs when you get home. You're going to have to pay all these extra costs because it wasn't done out there. So now you're 10 grand, if not more, right, for this whole adventure. And you had to travel and your body swelled like crazy. And you had to deal with all this extra work. So price wise, guys, you need to actually tally this up. Just because the ticket says five grand does not mean it's actually five grand. Um, so please make sure that we are actually running the numbers on this stuff beforehand because when you come home you still have to pay for your massages for your MLD massages um you still have to make sure you're getting the proper garment I cannot tell you how many clients I have that go out there spend the five grand on the surgery their original quote was 10 grand here spend the five grand on the surgery they do the hotel they do the flight or they'll stay at a recovery house which is even worse and because there's absolutely no regulations out there for what they do you're having salt the whole time, you become extremely fibrotic. Now you need double the amount of sessions with me than you would if you had surgery here. You have your drains in, you have to pay hospital costs or you have to find a surgeon, right? 
And on top of that, let's say you catch an infection out there like she did um, and you have to wind up staying longer, extend your flight ticket, buy a new ticket, all of that. You are now paying way over that 10 grand because you have to pay extra for your massages to fix the fibrosis from all the salty rice that she was eating out there. You have to now pay extra hospital costs when you get home to get your drains out because you had to get a surgeon to get your drains out, ER fees. You had to extend your flight ticket so you paid and then you paid again to extend the flight ticket to come back home. And it's going to take you longer to finish your recovery because of all that your body endured during the travel and during your stay there and the lack of care. So it really isn't a bargain, guys. It's a, you're spending, you're trading time for money and you're trading that comfort and quality of care from money. So it really doesn't equate when you think about it. Um, the next one says, surgeons and facility qualifications may not be verifiable. This is a huge problem. In order for cosmetic surgery to be performed safely, it requires a proper administration of anesthesia, sterile technique, modern instrumentation, and equipment, as well as properly trained surgeons. Vacation destinations may not have a formal accreditation board to certify physicians or medical facilities. Many, many facilities are privately owned and operated, making it difficult to check the credentials of the surgeon, anesthesiologist, and other medical personnel. There are no U.S. laws that protect patients or mandates the training and qualification of physicians who perform plastic surgery outside of the United States. I'm going to read that again. There are no U.S. laws that protect patients or mandate the training and qualifications of physicians who perform plastic surgery outside of the United States. Let's say something goes terribly wrong with your surgery. You go to another country, you come back here, and you're trying to get the money back to fix it. Or you're trying to do whatever, right, for the surgery to recoup your losses. There is no U.S. law that protects patients or mandates the training. So the surgeons are not even, there's no U.S. law stating that surgeons in other countries are mandated to get the qualifications to perform surgery outside of the U.S. Now that's obviously, that makes sense, right? Why would the U.S. regulate another country? You're a U.S. citizen though. There are no U.S. laws that protect you. If you go to another country, you are abiding by their laws. So however many leaders they're allowed to take out, whether it's safe or not, anatomically and biologically for the body, if they're monitoring the anesthesia or not. Um, here we have, especially in Florida, well, Florida here, United States, has that law where only a certain amount of BBLs can be performed by a surgeon in a day. It has to be ultrasound safe technique, all these things. They may not have that over there. They may, they may not. So you don't know if any of these things are going to be regulated while you're under in surgery. You don't know if the anesthesia levels are being moderated properly. You have no idea what's happening to your body. So there's that. Um, the last sentence is, there may be no legal recourse if surgical negligence by the physician or institution occurs. Do you hear that? Institution. So it's not just the surgeon. It's also the institution. So let's say there's a Sonabello in Colombia, right? Just made up example. I don't think, that, I definitely don't think there is. But let's just say there's a Sonabello in Colombia. So Nabello is known for in-and-out surgery. Okay, let's say you do that. The physician himself or herself doing the surgery is, you know, not 
under any, we don't, I shouldn't say not under any, but there's no legal recourse here in the United States for them over there. So there may be over there, but you would have to check their laws to see what liabilities and what responsibilities those surgeons actually have. On top of it, the institution itself, Sonabello itself in Colombia, if we're using this made up example, Sonabello itself in Colombia, there are no legal laws that state that they have to be like there's that you can take any recourse against them because you're a U.S. citizen. So it's going to be really, really, really hard to fight. That's why the deaths are so hard to fight a lot of the times and get legal recourse for it is because the laws are completely different. And if someone dies as a U.S. citizen in Colombia, they're not covered by the U.S. laws. They're in Colombia. They have to follow whatever the Colombian laws are, which can be extremely laxed. So I don't know the laws in other countries. I'm not speaking on that. You guys can look that up. Um, but that's a huge part of it is that whole legal being safe thing. This is the other part of that. Devices and products used may not meet U.S. standards. So what devices are we talking about? You guys know how there's that whole like Renuvion FDA situation where they were like, well, Renuvion is causing all of these complications. So Renuvion is not, it's whatever, it's FDA, you know, cleared, whatever, right? Or Avali. Let's say Avali is uh, the, I have a whole video on it. The um, device that's used, it's like a little cannula with a hook on the end for cellulite bands to permanently snap the cellulite bands so the skin stops puckering, so the skin releases and smooths out with cellulite. Avali is an FDA-approved um, product. So it means that it is cleared and safe and has gone through approval and all the checks and balances to say that it is safe to use this device on patients for this specific use. If it is used for anything else, it is not safe and that is not the intended use. In other countries, they don't have that on some devices, right? Or their devices may not meet those standards of safety. So they could be using, because I talk about this with Renuvion, they could be using a Renuvion machine, which for you guys who don't know, Renuvion is a wand. It tightens the skin. It's got um, CO2 gas and it's, uh, I'm sorry, helium. And it heats up and it causes skin tightening, right? It's attached to a box. That box has controls. Those controls can be set to either be very light, where it's just a little bit, or very aggressive, where we're doing a lot, right? And there are certain regulated controls that say that it's safe if the device is used within those parameters. Let's say you go to Columbia and you go to get skin tightening done. We don't know if that's regulated. They could be, again, this is where it's like, is it good or bad, right? I'm not saying any of it's bad. These are just facts. Maybe you're somebody who wants a little more skin tightening, but also, is it even safe to use the device at that frequency, like at that capacity for what you want? Just because you want it doesn't mean it's safe for your body. There's a reason a lot of respectable surgeons tell clients in consultations, no, I will not do that for you. And you guys get pissed. And you're like, well, he wouldn't do that for me in my surgery. And he told me I needed this and this and this. But this guy down the street around the corner, he said he could do it for me and it would be fine. Okay. Well, then you got to use your judgment. Which one do you think you'd want to go with? The guy who's being honest with you telling you, I don't feel safe doing that because X, Y, and Z here are the parameters. Or the guy who's like, yeah, I'll do that for you. This device goes up to 5,000. We'll just crank it up. It'll be great. That, that's not, I know what you guys want and I know what 
you think is okay, but you're talking about health and safety here. You're talking about your life and your body, something that can permanently be disfigured. So just because they can doesn't mean they should. Uh, cosmetic surgery products or devices used in other countries may not have been tested, proven safe and effective, or been approved by the U.S. FDA. For example, an implement used in the United States must meet the standards of safety and effectiveness, a process regulated by the FDA. Other countries may not have similar, similar regulations. Um, patient safety checklists, which we're going to go through in a second. But I think that's pretty much it for this article yeah um they say like cosmetic vacation a lot in here because there are places that do have like packages for you to like stay with them like recovery houses right like oh we'll pay for your flight and we'll pay for everything else we've got you covered transportation food places to stay blah 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 and we work with these surgery centers so it's like a whole thing but let's talk about aftercare because the article obviously doesn't cover aftercare. Let's talk about aftercare real quick. So, like I was stating before, in Colombia and DR, they do the squeeze massage where they squeeze blood and fluid out of your body. Here's the problem with that. Number one, it's dangerous. Anemia, where you lose too much blood and then you have to get a transfusion. That's happened to numerous people that I've known that have gone to Colombia and DR where they have to get blood transfusions because the squeeze massage person squeezed too much blood out of them. Um, or they lost too much blood from surgery. Guys, you're not bleeding out on the table after surgery. If you're not anemic when you come out of surgery, you're getting squeeze massage, squeezing all that blood out of you constantly, constantly re-breaking tissue by squeezing tissue that is already broken. It's like a, it's like if you have a cut on your hand and you just keep reopening and reopening and reopening and reopening and reopening and then pressing blood out of it every day. How do you think the infections happen? Squeeze massage. How do you think the seromas happen? Squeeze massage. Uh, anemia, all of those crazy things. Sepsis, MRSA, because none of this is regulated. Um, and you're staying in somebody's house that they call a recovery house when you're there. You don't know what the levels of cleanliness are. The sodium is a huge problem. Um, when they're cooking, they're obviously adding all the seasoning, all the salt. Because again, they're not following medical guidelines. They're just a recovery house. So they're going to cook whatever they're going to cook and you're going to eat whatever they're cooking. You have no idea what's in the food. You have no idea what they put in it. And now you're putting it into your body, you're vasodilating, and you're bleeding and swelling everywhere. So that's a big part of it. Um, as far as the post-op supplies, we have medical grade lipofoams. We have medical detergent for your garment. They don't have that stuff out there. It's not medical grade. It's, it's whatever it is, right? So you don't, you can't really control your post-op healing. And as we know, part of surgery, the 90% of the surgery is the healing. Surgery is easy. You walk in there, you get the surgery. That's it. You're, you're out. Now you've got six to eight weeks to make sure you're healing right. And there are no complications that arise. So yes, everyone's worried about what if something happens to me? If you're on the table, right? If you're on the table here, we've got ERs, we've got emergency doctors, we have certain protocols for emergencies. Out there, it's not like that. Let's say you're staying in a recovery house out there and they got to take you to the hospital. Their standard of care as far as hospitals in general getting sick is a lot different than here. So that is something you need to consider is your aftercare out there. Now let's say you're considering that, right? 
let's get into talking about what you should be doing to safely travel abroad. Now, there are a lot of good surgeries that come out of other countries. Turkey, I've seen, it's the post-op care where there's none and you look botched afterwards because of the post-op care. Colombia and DR, they can do extreme dramatic results and get you the booty that you want and get you snatched the way you want um, and do things that are outside of the limits here in one surgery, right? Under one surgery time. But again, you're healing because you've just had now more trauma than you would have had in the United States, more than is regulated here, you're healing. You're going to need to make sure that you are on it with your post-op care. Like not skipping a beat when you come home and trying to get home as soon as possible, right? So uh, patient safety checklist. Do your homework. Research the procedure, the benefits, the risks. Uh, have realistic expectations, which some people going out to these other countries and abroad obviously do not have realistic expectations, which is why they are going abroad because they want that crazy dramatic look. Um, ask your surgeon questions about how the surgery will work for you. Identify expectations and understand side effects and recovery time. Be informed. Talk to patients who have had the procedure so they know what to expect. Require medical evaluation. Consult with your plastic surgeon for an evaluation and discuss full medical history to determine the most appropriate treatment. This is very, very important because, guys, you will go to another country. You will get surgery. They will not do any pre-op blood work. They will not do any KG beforehand. They will not do any physical checking of anything before you get out there. And if you already have something going on that you don't know about, and then you go under the knife for surgery, even just the anesthesia can give you a life-threatening reaction if you're not checking these things beforehand. So I, anytime anyone's like, I'm like, oh, so you got your pre-op blood work done, blah, 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 blah. How was your pre-op? And they're like, oh, I didn't get any blood work done. I'm like, what? They didn't like check you to make sure you were okay? Anything? No physical beforehand? You're just gonna going under the knife okay that's very sketched to me but you guys want to make sure that you're getting everything checked beforehand because again like out here they check your bmi make sure you're a healthy weight right in the united states before doing surgery you have to have a certain target bmi even at sonobello and elite that's that's one of the things right um choosing an asps member surgeon so american society of plastic surgeons member surgeon now Here's where I'm going to start my portion of this, right? How to safely do this. Guys, there are double board and triple board certified. Triple board and double board in other countries. So we have surgeons that are in Florida who are also board certified in Colombia and board certified here. That's a great surgeon because they're under two boards for the way they're practicing. So we've got that double layer of safety and accreditation. Because again, just being certified in one country out there, it's not your country. You don't know the laws and regulations. You don't know what's safe and what's not. They don't have an FDA to regulate these things for safety. So having a surgeon that's double board certified here, obviously, and then in the other country to be able to perform surgery, that is very, very helpful. Um, that is a good start. Having hospital privileges right? That's something we want to make sure of, that if something goes wrong, they have hospital privileges um, and knowing which hospital. That's also something that is super, super important to ask when you're out there. Um, when you're picking a surgeon, a lot of you guys will just pick from Instagram. Don't do that. Don't do that. Mm -mm. You want technique. You want the, sh the shape that you're looking at, that the surgeon mostly performs. If all of the 
dolls. I hate the term. If all of the surgeon's patients come out looking the same way and that's the way you want to look, then that's what you're going to go with, right? You want to take a really good look at those before and after pictures and be like, okay, huh, all of his surgeons, all the surgeon's BBLs look like this type of BBL. That's the type of BBL I want. That's what we're going with. Great. Um, that's how you want to be able to judge what their style is. But then as far as their accreditations, yeah, you want to make sure they're certified. You want to make sure they're actually credentialed. They have some sort of credentials. I have a whole video on plastic surgeon credentials. Um, but most importantly, you want to make sure you can get in touch with the office. Now, here's where this is really tricky, guys. Before surgery, right? Before you put your money down, Oh, you can get into contact with them day and night or WhatsApp. It's great, right? You talk to everybody under the sun like five times a day and they'll all respond and be so happy to talk to you. The minute you pay for surgery, the minute you get your surgery and you're done and you're wheeled out, that's when they're like, bye. And you'll be calling and calling and calling with no answer. They ghost you like a toxic, like beta male like, I don't even know, like, you know, those guys that just, you know, once they get it, they're out. It, it's that. It's that situation. Um, so you have to be very careful of that. But that is also, please expect for that to happen. They're in another country. Please expect to have zero post-op care. Come into this knowing that if we're going to Columbia or DR, we are going to have zero support after the surgery. That's why you need me. That's why you need a plastic surgeon here. That's why you need your general practitioner here or your general physician, your regular doctor. You need to have a team of people back home because your surgeon here will not help you with post-op. If you are planning to get surgery in another country, you need to see me pre-op. Pre-op, because we need to be able to get you set up with your, like, all your supplies that you need when you're out there and how to use them properly, um, your massages when you come back home, all your post-op care when you come back home. So if you do develop fibrosis out there, they're not going to know what to do, but if you do develop fibrosis out there, then when you come home, we can take care of it. And you know that you have someone that's going to be able to take care of it for you. Um, if you get an infection out there, you're going to have to deal with their hospitals. If you have any other kind of surgery complication out there, you're going to have to deal with their hospitals. But as far as making sure you don't look botched, making sure that the surgery goes well, making sure you don't heal with fibrosis or complications in the healing process, that's me when you get home. So whether virtually if you're not in New Jersey or seeing me if you're close to New Jersey, um, we have two offices, which we'll get to at the end. But making sure you do this safe, the number one thing is understanding how your healing is supposed to go. Because anything that happens with the surgery is out there. You got to deal with it out there. That's it. You can't deal with it when you come back home trying to deal with it. Because again, like they said, hospitals don't know how to deal with you. Plastic surgeons don't know how to deal with you. So that is something we need to be careful with. And that's something you have to deal with when you're out there. The biggest part of your homework is making sure that when you come home, you have everything set up at home. Because while you're out there, there's not much you can do. And trying to minimize the time that you're out there is a good idea. So trying to make sure that you're out there for just that two weeks and then come home. Not coming home too early, obviously. Um, we want to make sure that we're we're healed up enough to come home, but making sure that we do come home and we're not staying there for like a month or two because, again, the post-op care is not there and you're not going to get any help from the medical facility that you got your surgery at. So having that when you get home is key. If you are planning to have surgery, 
somewhere else in another country, right? And it's cheaper and you love the results and you love the surgeon and you've done the research and you've had people that have gone to that surgeon and you're super excited, go, do it. It's not a bad thing. This is why I started this video, why people need to stop labeling things as good and bad because it's not a bad thing to get surgery in another country. It's not being prepared to have surgery in another country as far as taking care of your body afterwards that's the problem. Coming back home and expecting our care here to be like the care in Colombia, expecting us to do the things that are not legal here like they do in Colombia, that's the problem. Expecting us to just throw you in a garment, a whatever size garment, and be like, oh yeah, it's a faha, you're fine, figure it out. No, guys, no, uh, come on, we are way better than that. There is a science to garments. There is a science to your massages. There is a science to post-op care. And I built the whole system off the science. So coming home, you need to make sure that you're set up with all of those things, your massages, your supplies, your diet, everything that needs to be done. And honestly, even before going out there, you need to have those things in your head. You need to have that education already. If you are planning to go to another country to get your surgery done. You need to get the course. The uh, course is on our post-op shop, the um, post-op lymphatic massage and finding a therapist because you're going to need to find a therapist when you come home, like 110%. Because what they do out there is the squeeze massage. You, it is very, very rare, if even at all, that you will find Vodder manual lymphatic drainage, the thing that you need after surgery, the thing that is literally designed by a doctor for swelling after surgery. This technique, this gentle, gentle skin stretching technique, this pumping technique that goes in certain directions with certain strokes following the scientific lymphatic map, this is what your MLD therapist should be doing, not anything else. Now, in order for you to understand how to keep your swelling down to, for, to get home, and then even still how to heal after surgery, all of that is in the first two modules of the course, what your body's going to go through and what you need to not be doing because you need to be able to advocate for yourself when you're out there. And what does that mean? What do I mean by that? When you are in Columbia or DR or wherever you are, even here, but more so over there, you have to be able to say no. You have to know what to say no to and why because you will just, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. You come home. Your entire Lipo 360 area is a rock. You have these hard boards in your garment that are cutting into you, causing a seroma. You've got a garment that's five sizes too tight that looks like a Frankenstein garment because they cut it and sewed it back together so many times. Like, no, you need to be able to say no. And you can't say no if you don't know what to say no to. So learning the science, learning the medical stuff, learning the way that the body's designed to get rid of swelling, learning the way that the body heals, the four phases of wound healing, learning no matter what surgery you had, how this is going to go afterwards so that you can advocate for your care because you can't really advocate for your surgery much, right? The surgeon is the specialist. They're doing the surgery. But everything that happens to you afterwards is where it goes wrong in the other countries. And that's what you need to be aware of. So you take the course, you understand what manual lymphatic drainage is, you understand how to get your swelling down on your own, mostly, right? And then when you come home, get with your therapist and finish it off and get whatever's stuck on there off. But while you're out there, 
Keep that swelling down. Don't even let it be created because swelling is going to be created by all the things that you're doing after surgery. The surgery itself creates a certain amount of swelling, but the swelling that you guys have problems with that turn into fibrosis and seromas and all the scary stuff, that's from all the things that you're doing post-op that's causing more swelling. It's causing more inflammation in the body. It's because of all the craziness that they're trying to do to you out there that are, is now on YouTube that you're trying to do to yourself at home. So... Get the course first and foremost. If you are having surgery in another country, at least for the least, least amount of anything, learn the science, advocate for yourself, know what's safe and what's not as far as what's going to be done to your body after surgery because you are vulnerable. You are one big wound. Your body from your lipo area, all that tissue is destroyed. If you're getting a tummy tuck, if you're getting a BBL, if you're getting a breast log on top of that, that is a lot of damage. Your body is so vulnerable and you have to fly back home anyway and flying increases tissue pressure, which is then going to increase your swelling and all those things anyway. So we want to be in tip top shape before we fly back home as much as possible. We want to make sure that we're not having so much sodium that blood is constantly pouring out of our drains and we can't get our drains out to get back home or we got to fly back home with our drains in. Guys, all of this can be avoided if we just understood how the body's supposed to heal and not even supporting it, just not doing the things that work against it. So first and foremost, get the course. In the bonus module, I talk about the products, what you need, how to use them, all that stuff. So then you guys can go and get your products that you need. You need to find, and in the course I teach you how to find an MLD therapist to do your manual lymphatic drainage that is not the Colombian squeeze massage stuff, which is not legal here. And it's not legal here because it's not safe after surgery. So when you're out there, you do not need, I don't care who tells you what, it is not necessary for you to have blood being squeezed out of you every day. That is not necessary at all for healing. When you get a knee surgery, okay, nowhere ever do they squeeze blood out of the incision. Ever. Okay? I don't care who bullies you into what. You do not have to get blood squeezed out of you and be screaming in pain in somebody's house in Colombia because it's going to get rid of your swelling, which in fact, it will not get rid of your swelling, by the way. That's not how swelling works. So if you're going to travel abroad, just get the course so you understand the science, so you know what's healthy and safe for your body and you can say no to. Another point on safety. Staying at a random recovery house with people you don't know is not safe when you are vulnerable, when you just had surgery, please just be a little more careful with who you're staying with and where you're staying. Be careful of what foods you're eating and what you put in your body, the medications. Make sure you ask questions about the medications. What medications are these? How long do I have to take them for? What's the American equivalent of this medication? You want to make sure that you're understanding that. Because you don't want to come home, go to the hospital because you have an infection. They ask you what medication you're on and you don't even know. That is going to be a major problem. Please make sure, for the love of all the holy beings in the universe, that you request a copy of your medical paperwork. Please. Please. Because again, if something goes wrong, right, we need to know what was done during surgery. Because it will help you get care here when you get back to the United States. Please request your medical paperwork and try to get it before you leave. Last thing you want is to be fighting with someone on WhatsApp to be getting your medical paperwork because they're not sending it. And then you can't reach them ever again and it's gone. Um, 
you're you're gonna need to make sure that you're on top of it with your post-op care that's that's pretty much it guys getting the surgery out there is simple the surgeons out there there are some really great surgeons in other countries there's nothing wrong with getting the surgery done out there it's making sure that you are being aware it's making sure that you are advocating for yourselves it's making sure that what you're doing is safe for your body within your body's limits it's making sure that you are actually weighing the cost of the time and the effort and then the hotel and the flight and all of these things versus the price of the surgery alone, right? So please just make sure we're thinking about all of these things. And if you are planning to get surgery in another country and you need help planning for it, because again, it's not a bad idea. It's just you got to do it safely. You got to do it right. If you need help planning for all of this as far as setting you up with a protocol for while you're out there and what choices you should make as far as like, okay, I'm, I'm thinking about staying here versus here, which one would be safer, like help planning the whole thing. Um, no, I will not be Googling places to find you a place to stay. No, I will not be finding you massage out there. But as far as making sure your care is safe, making sure the choices you're making are safe and making sure that when you get back home, you have things set up so that you can pick up with your post-op care and not have anything go wrong when you get home, you can schedule a virtual with me if you are not in New Jersey, 732-841-0142. Or if you are in New Jersey, I am in Highland Park and I am in Elizabeth. So if you're close to Jersey, you can come into those offices and I can be your therapist for all your post-op things. Um, same number, 732-841-0142. If you need to take the course and get your supplies, it's amarepostopshop.com. The link is in the bio in our description box. Um, so you can do that. It, even if you're not getting surgery outside the country, if you're getting surgery here, you still gotta advocate for yourselves and do the same things. Find your therapist and know who's licensed and who's legally allowed to do the things um, and what your massages are supposed to be and what's healthy and what's safe. So that's all in the description box, all those things. And that's pretty much it, guys. I just wanted to talk to you about that because so many people are like, don't get surgery in Turkey. It's terrible. It's not about that. It's the care. It's the level of care. If you're advocating for yourself, you can do it right. You can do it safe. I have clients that see me pre-op that get surgery in another country, do a virtual with me while they're out there to make sure everything is going smooth, do a virtual with me when they come back, make sure everything's going smooth, and we continue. They take the course. They find themselves a therapist. They get the products. We do virtuals to check in, make sure everything's going right, make sure they're okay, and the surgery's great, and they love it, and it's amazing. Same thing here. If they see me pre-op in Jersey, they fly over to Columbia, they do the surgery, they come back, they see me the week that they come back, and we pick right up where we left off, and everything is great. You are only going there for the surgery itself, for getting the cut done, and that's it. Any of the care, any of the massages, any of all of that needs to be done here, taken care of here, regulated here. So... The surgery, you need to be careful with too. Obviously, make sure they're within limits, but you guys can do that research. If you need me, you know where to find me. This was just a little bit about medical tourism, surgery abroad, all of those things. It's not a good or a bad thing. You just, you have to do it smart. You have to think about it, really, really plan it out and really do it safely. That's all. It's not, it's not good or bad. That's it. So guys, Ashley with Amare, I will see you soon. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.